0: well this morning you have a treat um we my husband and i have had the privilege of having some real friends in the nation of canada that have journeyed probably i don't know how long we've journeyed with you guys for oh my goodness hold on now i've been about 15 years or so yeah because i've been married for about 17 years and i think you guys came in pretty early on in our journey and like them and like others in the nation um God, God does something really cool when he gives you amazing godly friends that are also plowing in territory that you are. Um, friends that you can you call up that you can you know link arms with that you can share heart with and my husband and I have the privilege of knowing these guys loving these guys I think uh, when you guys were pastoring we were you know came up to them they've come to us I think you guys have preached here before we've done stuff together like the cry with feteen a bunch of different things in the nation together and so it is my privilege to introduce to you Brent and Shawnee Sloss. They're going to be, or I think Brent is. I'm I'm also introducing you because I think it's important we introduce the wife as well. Um, But I want you guys just to give them a huge hand as they come um, and as they deliver the word. I'm going to let him come and talk to you a little bit about what they do and how they serve the nation of Canada because I think you'll do a much better job than I will. Um, But let's give them a hand as they come this morning.
1: morning everyone how's everybody doing this morning awesome awesome how many remembered to uh, set your clocks ahead last night how many were surprised this morning (laughs) my dad I don't know I'll be like I don't know what age my dad he'll be 110 he'll still be calling me he called me last night son make sure you set your clock yes dad I know thank you (laughs) I'm not in high school anymore or whatever you know so I'm Brent this my wife Shawnee did you stand honey Okay, all right. So it's so awesome to be here. And uh, God has just a divine word that I believe he's placed on my spirit. And, you know, we got a call from Pastor Brendan. He says, I need you to do me a solid. I slept in this morning. Can you come on down and and speak? (laughs) Please forgive me, Brent. I am totally kidding. How many know that is so not like him? All right. (laughs) So, yeah, our destinies, you know, with Pastors Brendan and Sharon have really been interconnected. I remember, actually... Uh, In 2003, Pastor Brendan and I were to represent uh, a fellowship. It's now called Ministers Network Canada. At that time, it was called Open Bible Faith Fellowship. And we were to represent age 30 and under at this organization called the PCCNA, the Pentecostal Charismatic Churches of North America. And it didn't end up working out. We were supposed to room together, but then the leadership changed with OBFF, and it didn't work out. But in the meantime, there's been a lot of interconnectedness. And it's been really neat. I've ministered at this church uh, and then also separately, uh, when, when before the church has merged together, you know, and um, just it's awesome to see what's taking place because I haven't been here for a few years, but you can see the overflow of the, of the leadership and obviously the church itself, you know, with worship and the, and, the, and the creative arts with yourself, prophetic, the teaching, the apostolic, the leadership and Pastor Brennan, it's really neat to see it's, it's bloomed and, and, uh, and, and just the feel is just awesome. And so thank God for that. And I leaned over to my wife and I said, are you sensing anything? And I'm not sure if this has been on your guy's heart, but, um, you know, she, she really felt that there was a training center that was to, to take place. Old school way of saying Bible college, but it, they look different now. But like a training center where people can be raised up without having to leave their career or their community. You know, Bible schools, it's, it's shifting a bit. It used to be in a central location and people would send out, you know, sometimes their best and they'd have to leave their career and have to leave their community when they weren't necessarily called into one of the 5 ministry gifts, but they wanted to be equipped and ignited and awakened. And so there's something there, so I'll leave that with you guys. Bless you on that. I really believe this morning that this is like a womb of the Spirit. Uh, not a room, I didn't mispronounce it there, but a womb of the Spirit. And God is birthing something. And even how, how I'm going to share is going to be completely different than what I'm used to. Because how many know when God does a, a deep work in your heart, and we're going to continue on the series of deeper healing, uh, he, he, you know, when you have a doctor come into him, you don't, you don't want them rushing around. Usually I'm a preacher, right? You don't want them there with the, it's like, okay, slow down. I really believe God wants to connect heart to heart. His heart with yours, and there's going to be some change here and some shifting, and that I really believe a reign of his spirit is going to take place. So let's just pray. Father, we just declare right now, Jesus Christ is Lord. We just rebuke any interference of the enemy, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We say, let it rain on every heart. We thank you for softening every heart. We thank you for that grace to trust our heavenly Father. And everyone said... Amen. So we lead C2C Evangelistic Association, and really it's, it's for the nation of Canada. We very much have been involved in seeing missions go out, specifically in the 1040 window, North Africa, Middle East, for a long time. But our heartbeat really burns for the nation of Canada, and we've had the privilege of ministering in close to a couple hundred churches, many different denominations, Anglican, United, Pentecostal, charismatic, everything in between, and we thank God for all those opportunities to see the body of Christ in Canada awakened, ignited, and then engaged in who God has called them to be. But how many know it's a process? And so he's really laid on our heart to see 10,000 believers in the nation of Canada ignited, And I think we're around 3,100 in Canada that we've seen ignited by the fire of God. You know, in in the area of where God has called them into. Amen? So I want to just share here this morning, and I believe this will be a, a blessing to you. And this is deeper healing. When the storm passes over, when the storm passes over, the storm does pass over when Jesus passes by. So I want to share a bit of a testimony here really quickly. In my grade 8 trip, when I, we went to Toronto. We came here. I was a northern Ontario boy, come from a long line of Manitoulin Island farmers. My brothers and I were the first ones born off of Manitoulin. Uh, on, we'll call it on the mainland. And when I came to Toronto on my grade 8 trip, I don't think I ate the whole three days. Because it was like a big, big world for a little town boy. And so in other words, there was an anxiety that I used to suffer with something on the inside. And I remember when I would get involved with sports too, especially track and field, um, you know, the last, those last three months of school, I would literally get sick every single morning just from anxiety. And thank God, my last year of high school, that shifted and and, and God began to work in things. But I share these things because there was a work in my soul that took place, which you don't always see like a physical healing, like if somebody has crutches, you can see it. But something that takes place in your mind and your will and your emotions, you can't always see. And it's hard to get a hug on the inside. It's hard to get that touch on the inside, but it's a transformation of the soul. And so there's a few things I want to share here. Number one, God is a good God. Number two, the devil is a bad devil. Okay? It says in 3 John 2 that he says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so you can and you will receive healing today. I want to share something with you here, you know, because people ask, can Jesus and will Jesus? So, Mark chapter 9, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It says here uh, in verse 21 So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? So, Jesus asked the father of the, of the child, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, since childhood. So sometimes there's things that we can carry on from our childhood into the future. And this is just a statistic thing, okay? It's not God can bring healing at any age, but it seems once you hit around 40, all of a sudden, things that you didn't realize were there all of a sudden surface, and you're thinking like, here I am running, trying to make 100, and all of a sudden, there's these inner issues that you have to walk through. And as a testimony, there was some stuff after pastoring for 15 years that I had to walk through in the area of inner healing. And, and Pastor Brendan and I have a similar background in our training in that inner healing wasn't necessarily talked about. It was you just receive the truth of God's word and it, it happens really fast, you know. But it's not necessarily like that. And the body of Christ is really gaining an understanding of what, you know, inner healing is in the soul. And so, you know, I had to walk through this already being involved in full-time ministry, having a, a, a church, or having left the church, actually of pastoring 15 years, moving into evangelistic ministry, and literally walking into a new thing because we started in ministry very, very young. And when we start very, very young, I think you were 23, I was 25, we ended up having a school that we walked right into, a, a school, JK to 12, that was a part of the church, different churches involved. And so all these things, all these responsibilities, no children of our own, part of my identity got caught up into ministry. So rather than being a child of God. And so I had to walk through that process later. I would love to have walked through that process in Bible school, you know, when before there was any public ministry. I would have loved to walk through it then. But I had a choice. I, I could fake it or I could fake it till I make it. I could, I could allow God to bring the transformation and change and walk out healed. But see, what happens is when you do, it's, it was almost like a whole reconstruction of my identity. And so if you think of somebody that gets plastic surgery, right, on their face, what happens is they look different when they come out. So I want to relate it to this. So there's a surgery that takes place, and what happens? There can be swelling. You can look different. You look in the mirror, and you think, you know what? I look different right now, but you don't want to stop the process. You don't want to to take off those bandages or whatever's there to help assist your healing when you're halfway through. Because you got to trust God that when he brings you out to the other side, that inner identity, your, who you are, has shifted, and it's for your better, and it's for your good. Are, are you catching this? And so would I have I'd love to have avoided that? I wish there was a trap door there somewhere. Because it was painful, absolutely painful. And, and yet you, you know there's something better on the inside, so you want to trust God. So let's look at this here. Um, Verse 21, and he said, he's had it since childhood. And after he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. So some things that the devil brought into your life, you know what? Those things, if they're not healed, will continue to put you into horrible situations. This torment, this, this evil power was putting this child Actually, adult now, but since childhood, putting this human being, this person, into the fire and into the water. So what was taking place in their life kept getting them in trouble, kept, kept putting them into pain. So it says here, and he, he, often he has thrown them both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Sometimes there's things in your soul, in your emotion, in our mindset, in our belief about ourselves that what we feel, what we think, what has happened to us will continue to put us through very troublesome situations. It'll cause havoc in relationships, maybe havoc in business, all kinds of different areas. And what happens is we're not able to make it through successfully, so God wants to bring the change from the inside out. And you don't, you don't like have to default from life or like hide out from life. It's a journey as you go. You're healed as you go. A miracle is instant, healing is a process. Jesus says you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And it says here, but if you, can, if you, Jesus, can do anything, so he put it on Jesus' ability. He said, but if you can do anything, have compassion on him. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So Jesus was saying, I can The question is, can you believe? But then he even assists us with that. As he prays here, if and Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So he gives you the faith to believe. It's not something that you have to work out yourself and work up yourself. Faith is a gift from God. So The very process, that faith that we need to believe and trust God, he actually gives to us as a gift. And we walk through that relationship with him. So that's Mark. And then I want to turn over to Matthew chapter 8. So everybody say, God can. And then in Matthew chapter 8, verse 3, actually, I'll start at verse 2. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, I was raised in a particular denomination. When we pray for the sick, we would say, Lord, if it be your will, would you heal so and so? And so it was always kind of like the gospel casino. We didn't know if he was going to heal or not. But we see here that it's, we can pray with authority. We can, we can speak to sickness, command it to go, and we don't even have to be nice. Amen. It says here, and Behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Somebody say, Jesus can and Jesus will. It's powerful. That's, that's powerful right there. Because through the process, you want to know that God has got your back, he's got you covered, and he's got good things in store for you. Amen? And so let's dive a little deeper. I want to say this here. Jesus heals the brokenhearted. The scripture is making so much more sense to me now. And it's good as well to have our online church family and faith community here as well. And I pray that God touches your lives as well. And so Jesus heals the brokenhearted. It says in Psalm chapter 147, I can read it out here. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds or sorrows. So it's not a physical wound, it's sorrow. It's a sorrow of the heart. It says here, he counts the number of the stars and calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has, is infinite or has no limit. And I want to read something here from the uh, Amplified version as well. Listen to this. This is powerful. Okay, and some use this at a funeral, but really this is what David said when he was facing Goliath, Psalm 23. It, 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 It was literally quoting this in the valley of the shadow of death, and that was when he faced Goliath. So it says here, The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down, In fresh, tender, green pastures, he leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, my very self, my being. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his namesake. So you don't have to earn your healing. I love, I'll, I'll get right back to this. I love how we do this sometimes that when we pray for people. We go, Lord, we just thank you that this lady, she has served you so faithfully. She has served you for 35 years. She has served in the church. She served the nursery for 34 of those 35 years. God, you know how difficult the nursery is. It's almost like we're pleading with God with how good this person is so that they would heal them. It's really got nothing to do with that. You know, because what if the person comes in and, I mean, and they're a louse. I mean, they, they've hurt most people in the church. You know, God, you know what this person has done. You know, strike them again with blindness and fill them full. You know what I mean? It, it's, it doesn't go by that. It goes by how good Jesus is and what how good he's done. But I, now you'll laugh if you ever hear somebody pray that. Because I've seen it happen so many times. I was almost born in a church pew. But So listen to this here. You prepare a table before me. Oh, wait, I missed it here. Yes, though I walk through the valley, through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. So that's his word and his Holy Spirit. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my very enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Everybody say, I am moving into overflow. You um, Surely, or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life, and through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. You're going to dwell in the presence of God forever. You are now dwelling in the presence of God forever. He is on the inside, and his joy is your strength. Amen? So I want to share this here. There's two types of inner healing that I can see that I really want to focus on this morning. So inner healing, so what is happening in you? Everybody say, what's happening in you? And then inner healing from what happened to you. So inner healing, what happening in you, in other words, it's like a refiner's fire. You're becoming more like Christ. He's making you more like Christ. And when I say making, it's not a force thing. It's a forming thing. And so what happened to you is what life did to you. Or it could be what what happened, you know, before you knew Jesus and and sin. The devil makes sin look very attractive. You know, and what happens is you, you get into it and he doesn't show you the end of it and can actually bring damage to your being. So what happens in you and what happened to you? Or like what we can say like this, some things can be like a trauma. And I wish it was as easy. And God can do it as a miracle. He can, even in the soul. Amen? He can and he will. But he has chosen miracles and healings, but both ways he has chosen to bring you to complete wholeness. Either way. And so when I say, you know, what is happening in you, I say this, are you saying to me, God is making me feel this way and he's doing this to me? No. He is not. It's not, if something you're walking through and there's a process of pain, the pain is not something God has caused. It's the pain of being healed up on the inside. Amen? So if you think of the story of Joseph in the Bible, everything that happened to him, you know, that crushing and that pressing, the pain, the rejection, and it was literally, I believe it's 19 years later before he became second over the land of Egypt, or really over the entire world, because Egypt was the most powerful nation at that time. But can you imagine Joseph going to lead when he was 17? He had the goods, he had the dreams, he had those spiritual gifts, but he didn't have the infrastructure or the instruction where, where the gift is held to the degree that it could have been. I mean, he, he, if his brothers would have came to him without having to go through that process, who knows what he would have did to them? But he had walked through things, and he had chosen to forgive his brothers and what they had did to him. And literally, he said, what you meant for evil, God turned around and meant it for good. And this is what is powerful. No matter what has happened to you, and I'm not saying, and actually I'm saying the opposite. It doesn't mean God caused it at all. But what has happened to you or in you, God turns it around for your good. Hallelujah. This is this is encouraging for me. So God wants you to walk in that blessing. It was clearly not God that put Joseph in those situations. But what the people meant, what the devil meant for evil, God turned around in Joseph's life for good. And he was able to impact the nations of the world in the midst of a famine. And so his character was prepared as... In that, in that process, and so we know Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for good, to those that love God, to those that are the called according to his purpose, so this is something you got to settle in your heart, and I actually heard this, this interview, I saw, how many have heard of Max Licato, okay, and then how many have heard of T.D. Jakes, so I saw this, this clip, actually, where they were together, and I thought, that is very interesting. I got to see this, you know, because they come from little different spectrums, same, same family, just different tribes. And so it was really powerful, and so they were really talking about T.D. Jake's books on crushing, and that he really made this statement very clear that you have to trust God, that what you're in the middle of, he would not allow anything to happen to you. As a believer, he would not let anything happen to you, the transformation and the change that doesn't have your best interests at heart and allowing you to go through. I, am I saying the things, am I talking about the things that he's redeemed us from? Any type of sickness, he's provided for healing at the cross. So I'm not saying he's allowing that. He's given us grace to overcome that. Amen? He's given us that. His, he, he took the stripes upon his back so we could be healed. And so getting back to these scriptures of he heals the brokenhearted. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, it says there, you know, he heals the brokenhearted. Jesus is quoting from Isaiah 60 or 61. And so, you know, it's obviously not talking about the physical heart. It's talking about our innermost being. And there were seven places that Jesus shed blood. On the cross, but on his way to the cross. Obviously, the time in the garden, he sweat drops of blood. But the last place is when the soldier thrust in a spear and out came water and blood. And literally, they they will tell you, when it flows separately like that water and blood, it means his heart was literally broken, his physical heart. And so it's a sign, it was a sign that what he took, he did in the natural, what he did in his heart, he wants to bring healing to our hearts. He wants to bring transformation to us. And so what it requires of us is a vulnerability. And how many know we need to have a safe place around us? But the thing is, God will bring safe people into your life. I remember one of the young adult conferences I went to when I was in university. And it was, it was a, there was a few hundred people. There may be five, six hundred people there. It was down in Niagara Falls. And I, I, was, I was near the back, actually. And there was a guy at the front. He had, like, plaid... Actually, they were striped pants and like a plaid shirt. His pants were short, and I thought, Lord Jesus, where did this guy learn to dress? And he's at the front dancing, and I thought, wow, 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 you know, just does not care, just is so free in his identity in Christ. And I thought, you know, I'm at the back, and and the Lord spoke to my heart, one day you'll dance before me in the front, in the front of a church, And I I realized, though, there was a process that had to take place. And it's not about all dancing in the front of the church. What I'm saying is I looked at him and thought, like, what's he doing, you know, like that, right? But it's to come out from our own identity into the identity that he gives us. So let me read here from Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. But as for you, this is what Joseph said at the end. But as for you, speaking to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. So watch this now. You cannot guard what happens to you, but you can guard what happens in you. So you cannot guard what happens to you, but you can guard what happens in you. So a lot of times, our response to something that happens to us is even more important than what actually happened to us. Recently, because I've encountered this so many times, and I didn't always see it this way, but let me preface it first with a story of how God began to work in my heart in this area. When I was pastoring, I would say around 2011, 2012, there was this one guy... Um, he had been in the church and he had gotten, you know, saved, came to Christ. We'd baptized him in water. He was filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he was, you know, he would come out to even the early morning prayer meetings just on fire for God. Then all, after a few months, he disappeared. And then about three, four years later, going about 2011, 2012, he shows up in the church again. And, and he's going through the same process. He just, all, once again, raid right in just fully following the Lord on fire. But I noticed after a couple months again, you know, he started being just a bit more inconsistent. And then I I met him downtown. I was just downtown. Actually, I was evangelizing downtown. And I saw him down there. And we began to chat and just begin to talk. And I began to hear a little bit more of his story. In other words, he was just beginning to open up and become vulnerable and transparent with me. And And obviously, I'm not the only one that was connected in his life. He had other people in the church that he was connected with that were good friends. But the next time I, I, the next time, how do I put it? The next time I encountered him, I was doing his funeral. And he was like in his late 30s at the time. And there was this picture and then a little box, a cremation box. And it, it just, it really, really hit me. It was the youngest at that time, funeral, actually probably still now, age of a person I've ever done a funeral for. And, and, you know, what happened, it was an overdose, a drug overdose. And around that same time, we had a ministry that came. We had a, a Bible training center at our church in Guelph. I had a ministry come in from Hamilton that was speaking on inner healing. And I was just beginning to understand a lot more of these things where a person sometimes who gets into addictions, sometimes it's to cover up pain of another area. So in other words, if this arm is broken, you make this arm feel good so you forget the pain. And you, and you, and you medicate on, on drugs and alcohol and these different things. Now, either way, obviously, right, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I understand that. But what at that time, God put a much more of a compassion in my heart. The difference between... You know, someone who's just, you know, I just want to live this reckless lifestyle because sin looks good and it's fun. Versus someone who was truly struggling to get out of this addiction. And then I learned a bit more of their background. He had, been, he had been horribly abused as a young child. And was walking through now this trauma. And really, in some ways, at that point, the only way he knew how. Covering up that pain, that inner pain, through drugs. And so it brought a great compassion in my heart. And I I realized I could see how God really looked at this situation. Very, very, very different. And so even now, I've heard it said before that all hurt, all hurt is unreconciled unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And I thought, and and, you know, some just didn't sit with me right about that. And just in the last few weeks, and this isn't making an excuse for unforgiveness, but sometimes people can be hurt and literally like trauma from others. They walk through the forgiveness process, but sometimes there can literally be triggers in them where they, there's, there's, you know, sometimes there has to be a rebuilding of trust. Sometimes there has to be, you have to actually get away. But there is a hurt you walk through, but it doesn't mean it's, it's an unforgiveness. Are you getting what I'm saying here? I understood it a lot more because I was always told the line, no, any, any hurt, because of what I had heard, what I had been taught, any hurt is just unreconciled unforgiveness. Just an area of unforgiveness that they haven't dealt with yet. Can hurt be that shirt, but not all hurt is. Sometimes that healing in the inside, it's a process, and God wants to bring transformation in that every area, in every area. So there's a great difference, you know, between a person who's forgiven and is still walking through hurt and still wanting to bless and still wanting to do that and is right before the Lord and someone who's chosen, you know, walking through unforgiveness. Either way, what is happening in you, what is happening in you, what God has, is doing in you, he wants to bring about Restoration. Everybody say thank God for restoration. Let's go over to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. I want to just read a little bit here about this last encounter with Joseph and his brothers that we hear about. Verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded. Now, we don't have any record that his, their father said this. So here they are lying again, you know, covering stuff up. So, I beg you. P- y- 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 thus you shall say to Joseph. So they're saying. His father said this. I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sins, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servant of the God of your father, the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went out, fell down before his face, and they said, "Behold, we are your servants." Joseph said to them, "Do not be afraid." For am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Therefore do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt. He and his father's household. And Joseph lived 110 years. So he, in this last encounter with his brothers, there was something that had already changed in Joseph's heart. And that's why he was able to be positioned in a place where he was, because he was a healed individual. So God wants to bring you to a place you know, where you are, like it happened with John the Baptist. It says he came out of the desert, or he was in the desert until the day of his appearing, or the day of his manifestation. So he was in the desert for like 30 years for a six-month ministry. So in the same way with us, God is doing something in our hearts to bring us to that place where his life shines through us. But we have to continue. We have to journey in that process. And I believe, as we sang it this morning, hope is a healer. God fills us with all joy and peace and hope in our believing. There's a prayer in in Romans 15, 13. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your believing. And may you abound or overflow with hope. In other words, something good is going to happen to you and see right now in this time there's people that are quitting when they walk through a process of transformation they quit as we begin as we're traveling more and more now what i'm noticing is two things people coming that have that that need hope they're looking for hope they're looking for an ex- they're looking for someone to infuse into them that something good is going to happen to them the other group is people that are just hungry. They are hungry for God, and I'm seeing some places of hunger I have not seen since, like, the late 90s. Just a real hunger for God and for his presence. So God wants to infuse hope into your life. So I want to ask you just to stand.
2: You know, when Brent was speaking earlier in Mark chapter 9, when he said um, he had quoted here um, when the little boy, right, when Jesus was there and he was looking at this little boy and the father had said that often he was he's thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him okay and as he was reading that this scripture from Isaiah just rose up in my heart it's from Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 it says when you pass through the waters I will be with you and when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And I just wanted to remind us, and I'm speaking to myself here too, that for every pit that we might seemingly fall into on our own or be pushed into or whatever it is, the Lord has a promise. And so I really want to encourage you. Like For me, I've read this scripture many, many times. But for me, this morning, it was just fresh and new. And so I'm going to just hold on to that scripture. I'm going to pray that out over my own life, over my children, right? And so the Lord has scriptures of promise for you here today. And so even as as we pray in in this next few minutes, just believe that even throughout this day, that the Lord will bring back to to you a scripture like that, that you've had maybe read before, but then it's just become, it's going to become fresh and new.
1: And believe God to speak to you in visions and dreams. Ecclesiastes says that the cares or the anxiety of a man, he he sifts them through in a dream, those things that are on your heart. God wants to speak to you in those things. That song there, I woke up with that, and then after a few months realized, it's exactly what I'm sharing on. What the enemy meant for evil, he will turn it for good. And there was a man in 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 the Bible where Jesus called out, he was a man who had a withered hand, and Jesus said to him, stretch forth your hand. He didn't say which one. He gave the man a choice. Will you stretch forth your weakness? Will you stretch forth your vulnerability so I can heal it? Or will we choose to stretch forth strength? So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I mean, let's just yield to the Lord in that place of vulnerability. Just say, Heavenly Father, I choose to trust you are a good, good Father. What the enemy meant for evil, you will turn it for good. And I believe for restoration, not like it was, but better than ever, for your glory, for your glory and your honor, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. The sister right here in front of me you got like a brown sh- uh, shirt. I'm not sure if you've, you've been told this or not. But as, as Shawnee was speaking there, I, I just seen God's touching literally your physical heart. I don't know if you've had any a diagnosis of high blood pressure or problems in the heart. Either way, if you have or not, God is touching your physical heart and bringing healing to that area. And he's quickening it right now by his spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Who here suffers not with just like headaches, but like migraines? You get them like bad sometimes. Can you just put up your hand if that's you? I just want I'm not going to call, I'll just pray for you over here. All right, Father, we just pray right now in Jesus' name, what you reveal, you heal. And so we thank you right now. We command it, God. Thank you for just an alignment in his back, God, his neck, in the name of Jesus Christ. And they just command now, God, those headaches go in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you to live. There's three people. There was an area of betrayal that you are literally still walking through. God is going to turn that situation around for his glory, but he wants you to release it. The way they catch a monkey, and you're not a monkey, but the way they catch a monkey is they put they put a, a like a, a, a something that like they like to eat in a cage, and they literally will not. They'll put their hand in there, that, but they won't let it go, and that's how they capture them. So God is saying, let it go, and don't let these things capture you any longer. In the Old Testament, there was a time where there was there was some complaining that took place on a journey in the wilderness and snakes begin to bite, what happened was God had a solution. He lifted up, he told Moses, lift up the bronze serpent, and as you look, you will live. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw men unto me. And in the same way, he said, as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the wilderness. So I'm saying today, look to Jesus and live. In this thing that you're walking through, or an area you can help others with, encourage, look to Jesus and live. Last thing, I don't know everybody here, I don't know really many here, but Jesus has an invitation. There's a crossroads that we come to in life. And maybe you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you don't. Maybe you did it one time, but you walked away from Him. And Jesus is either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. The Bible tells us three things in this area all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Another thing it tells us is that the wages or the payment for sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that gift is here today. The other thing it says in this area is, whosoever calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. And you could be watching this later as well. If God is calling you, he's saying, come, follow me. I will change you. I will transform you. He's not waiting for us to get cleaned up first. We don't catch We don't clean the fish before we catch it. Jesus is saying, come as you are. He loves you so much that he transforms you into his likeness. So I'm just going to ask if heads will be bowed and eyes closed and those that are listening to if this is you, you say, you know what? I'm not fully following Jesus right now or I don't know him at all. I just want to ask you on the count of three just to raise your hand just between you and the Lord. Say, that's me. I want to know him. I want to know him or I want to come back to him. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And begin that journey with Jesus. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. So on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hands. Say, please pray for me. I want to get right with God. I want to know God. I want to begin that journey with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this together. Say, dear Jesus. I believe you were raised from the dead that I might have eternal life. Fill me with your love. I choose to trust you today. Cleanse me by that blood in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's give Jesus a big praise for great things he has done and he will do. Amen.
0: Man, awesome. Can we give these guys a hand this morning? I was really blessed by that message. Two things that stood out to me was you cannot guard what happens to you, but you can guard what happens in you. Another thing that stood out to me that, that the Lord is, he said it in, in a way, and I, I heard it in this same way, that the Lord is is calling us out from our own identity into what he has for us. And I wanna just pray as we close. I wanna just make quick mention though that we are taking an offering for these guys. We are not, once again, passing the baskets, um, but you can give online, you can give at the terminals, you can give um, by check, by credit card, whatever way you wanna give. I just wanna shout out, just or make a, an extra emphasis on sewing into these guys. Um, I just felt like I was sitting there. They've got a book table out there of many resources that they have put together over the years of plowing in the nation of Canada. And I wanted to just say to you that I, I felt like the Lord say this to me, actually. Uh, for those of you that are unable, that would want to buy something or purchase something or are unable to, uh, we will cover it. That's how much I believe in what they carry for the nation of Canada. And we are in a a season and a time where we're believing the Lord for revival and we're believing the Lord for healing in our nation. And what a fitting message that healing starts with us, right? Like if we're going to be that bright and shine lamp, we need to allow him to do the work in us. But I just wanted to make mention of that because I felt like there were a couple that would be like, oh, you know, I would love to grab something, but I just don't have the money. If you don't have the money, let me know or let, you know, them know at the desk and I'll cover it because I believe that much in what they're carrying. You know, you may have come to know them a little bit this morning, but these guys are carrying such an anointing for Canada right now and what they are putting out as resources and what they carry across the nation. So we want to bless them, whether by giving. Once again, you can give at the terminal or you can give online. Just make sure you designate it properly um, or whether you purchase one of their resources. So I want to pray for you this morning as you go. I want to just pray the blessing of the Lord over you. I want to pray that that this season that we're talking about going deeper And we're in the month of deeper healing. Remember last month was deeper relationships. That at every corner that you turn with your father, God, that he, you allow him to go deeper. You allow him to, as, as pastor Brent was saying this morning, that you allow him into your heart to deal with those issues. That you allow the incubation process of healing to be finished he's right we stop short sometimes because it's too painful so if that's you I just want you to raise your hands I want to pray for you as you go father right now I just pray for our church family this morning father I thank you that that you go with us that you are with us as we heard this morning father I pray that the, the process your word that says the good work that you've begun in us that you would bring it to full completion Father, we desire that you would continue that that work of inner healing. We want your identity. We We want to see ourselves rightly. So, Father, we ask just in response to this message that anything that is not right in our hearts, just like the preacher said this morning, God, we open up our hearts to you and we invite you in our hearts. So this week, God, we don't run from you. We run to you. We don't run from you, we run to you. And we thank you that you're faithful to our hearts and you're faithful to the end because you are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.